We're in a series right now on relationships. How many of you enjoyed last week hearing from those? You heard from one couple, whatever gathering you were at. But if you came to all the gatherings, you heard from three couples and it was just, whoo, it was absolutely amazing. And today I'm talking to you. Everyone say it's complicated. Say it with me again. It's complicated. How many of you know relationships are complicated? You're you married? It's complicated. You single? It's complicated. You got children? You got a boss? You got employees? Woo, it's complicated. Relationships are complicated. And tonight I chose to speak on parenting. Parenting. I want to talk. And you may say, I'm not a parent. That's okay. You can take many things out of this sermon tonight when it comes to relationships. Many, many things. You don't, 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 don't say, well, I'm 12 and you know, I'm not a parent. You, you probably will be one day. You can take some stuff out of it. You can say, wow, I raised my kids. I'm, you know, they've been out of the house for it. You can still take some stuff out. Of, I'm single. You can take a lot out of this sermon tonight generally speaking, when it comes to relationships. Uh, I, I call this tonight, I put a very strange title on it. It's called Put the Ing into the Parenting. Put the Ing into the Parenting. And we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, complicated, complicated, consisting of many interconnecting parts, or elements, intricate, involving many different and confusing aspects. Complicated. Parenting. Parenting. Listen to this definition, parenting. The activity of bringing up a child as a parent. Parenting. Bringing up a child. Listen to this, this uh, quote by... Michael Jordan, he said, my heroes are and were my parents. I can't see having anyone else as my heroes. Uh, Michael Jordan, I'm passionate about a few things. I'm crazy passionate about the gospel of Jesus Christ and seeing people come to know Jesus Christ and his word and his kingdom, everything to do with God. I'm, I'm a fanatic. Number two, I'm passionate about my marriage. Radian and I was uh, at MFI along with 31 other of our leaders, including us. And what did we get to do at this MFI International Conference, representing 10,000 churches from all over the world, all kinds of people there? We spoke on marriage. Very passionate about that. I'm crazy lunatic passionate about being a daddy and a granddaddy. If you don't know it, that's my son that was leading the last song, and my daughter here was here earlier, and uh, I got a pic of them right here. We were at the zoo right after MFI this week. We decided to stop by the zoo in Portland, and it was uh, a wonderful, wonderful time. Jameson said his favorite animals was monkey, <laughs> giraffes. Why is parenting so important. 
because your children have the, but listen to me right now, that little dude or that little lady that you think right now, you're like, wow, what am I going to do with them? They have the potential of being amazing men and women of God, um, uh, uh, amazing warriors, listen to me, of God, God fearing saints. They have the potential of being an army of God. They have the potential of being, come on somebody, generational world changers. I'm talking about your your kids right now, this next generation. These kids can go further than you ever went, higher than you've ever been. They have the potential to be missionaries and pastors and worship leaders and nurses. They have the potential to be uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, kings, priests, you name it. They have the potential of all these things, your kids. You're, you're, Jay, are you talking about my kids? You're, your kids. They also have the potential of being complete hellions. Hellion is a word. The definition of hellion is a mischief, troublemaker, rebellion, rebel. Your kid can absolutely be that too. That's why you need to put the ing in your parent ting. The ing has a lot to do with your parenting. I, I found this quote. I thought, wow, this is so good. If you put that quote up. Having a child is like getting a tattoo on your face. You better be committed. If you want to get a tattoo on your face, that's fine and dandy. Could be a beautiful thing. But parenting, you better be stinking committed. These are my little buddies. Thursday morning, I was trying to study and they were were hanging out with me. This is my two oldest grandkids, Jameson and Jojo. And we were having a really good time there after MFI. At MFI, I did something very unique. I went to seven different people, some couples, some individuals, and I said, give me your gold nugget on parenting. I mean, give me your very, very best on parenting. Check out this video. Listen to what they said. Hey, I'm Pastor Joe Tuttle. I would say my number one nugget for parenting is to don't hold things over your kids' heads. We do Fresh Start Friday every Friday at our house. And my kids always know they're going to get a fresh start on Friday, even if they're grounded. But let me tell you, Friday at 12.01, they can get regrounded. But we we keep short accounts. We don't hold things over their heads. Awesome. Hey, guys. Kirsten Chettle here. My nugget of parenting is an atmosphere of Jesus' presence in the home. Worship and praise and just spending time in the presence, teaching your kids really young to know and recognize the voice of God and his presence in their life. Hey, my name is Phil Harris. Friend of JO's and a pastor in Bend, Oregon, and he asked me for a nugget on parenting. And man, I don't know. There's just so many things, but I, I think for me, one of my favorite things. I love being a dad more than anything on the planet. And I think one thing that I wouldn't trade that we tried to do with our kids, and that's every night we eat dinner together around the family table. Wow. So all six kids around the table and just talk about the day 
and then it, it's a for us it's a time of listening to them and then getting in getting able to disciple a little bit about what's going on and wow. you know so for us that's a big thing hey my name is lisa molt and my husband and i are the lead pastors at new vintage church my best pairing advice is uh, to capture your children's heart and to love them and to not be scared if they make bad decisions they are on a journey of faith but if you have their heart then they'll always want to talk to you and uh, that is the most important thing that you can have and yeah so I say have your children's heart and allow them to discover their journey of faith and just love them and encourage them let you be their biggest cheerleader that's my tip Hi, we're uh, Kirsty and Ryan from Bend, Oregon with Epicost Church. Um, and just, I guess, our little nugget, as it's called, is you can chew on this. this is how you can tell if it's not real gold. If it's fool's gold, you can't chew on it well. Um, but no amount of world-class parenting will prevent your kids from making mistakes. Wow. So give them the faith to battle their own giants and love them through it. Amen. My second nugget, That's my second nugget. nugget would be, it's often overlooked, but for parenting, love each other well as husband. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my additional nugget would be to embrace the awkward. All kinds <laughs> of conversations you have to have with your kids and they're so awkward and the kids are so embarrassed, like, oh, mom, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> embrace the awkward. And it's not awkward unless you feel awkward about it. Yeah. You you want to get to the heart of your yeah. kids. And if you stop as soon as it gets awkward, you miss the opportunity. Embrace the awkward and love those Whoa. kids well. Okay, I, I, I would say one of our parenting tips is... Be I in think, agreement. Be in agreement. So, yeah. you know, I, I can't say one thing and she says another. Right. She can't say one thing and I say another. I think we have, you have to be in agreement on pairs in terms of how you're going to direct, how you're going to discipline, and that just how you're going to, you know, just uh, raise your kids. That's yeah. awesome. So that yeah. too, they don't use you one another against each other. Like mom said I could, dad said I shouldn't, you yeah. know, so That's being good. on the same page has been real foundational. Wow. And, and fellas, you know how that goes. If they say mom says lose, bros, we, 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 we got to balance to lose the battle. So <laughs> anyway, you know, hey, any agreement. Hey, uh, I... Hey, can we thank our MFI leaders? I, seriously, please don't listen to a sermon like this and just go, that was a good sermon, and then, but I can't remember one thing about parenting. If you walk away with one or two or three things tonight, you should do that. You should, you should write it down. You should, you know, disciples are ones that take notes, and I just want to encourage you to do that. Do you know I always sit on the front row and I take notes at every sermon? I'll take the same notes of the same sermon three times. Even if I don't look at them again, I'm going to walk away with more because I took notes. That's for free tonight because sometimes y'all just look at me like hoot owls, but I don't see nobody taking notes. So I'm just going to let you know that. Uh, I-N-G, ing, ing. Ing is the leadership in parenting. Parenting, listen to me, is leadership, not weak leadership, but strong leadership. You have to be strong parents when it comes to leadership with your kids. I did not say abusive. I didn't say being mean or being a jerk. If you look at Matthew 18, 6, you're going to see that if you cause a little one to stumble, 
it's better for you to have a millstone wrapped around your neck, be thrown into an ocean and drown, right? So Jesus has some real strict things about abusing or hurting kids, but he wants us to be strong leaders when it comes to being a parent. If you can't lead yourself and you can't lead your family, your kids are going to suffer in life. Dads, if you can't lead your family, your kids are going to suffer. There was a priest in the Bible I want to talk about tonight who did not add the ing, I-N-G, in his parenting. He was a very weak priest. He was a weak leader, and he was a weak parent, and his name was Eli. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel 2.12. We're going to go through his, a little bit of his life. And then we're going to, I want to talk about some big do's and don'ts that I would suggest as parents to you tonight. Some big do's and don'ts. First Samuel 2.12, Eli, and the Bible says, now the sons of Eli were corrupt. Say that with me, corrupt. They did not know the Lord. That corrupt is without profit. It means worthless. It means uh, destructive, wickedness, good for nothing. You're saying, wow, J.O., that sounds really negative for two boys. Listen, you can't be, when you have a, a wayward kid, you have to direct, correct them and direct them. You can't be so grace-filled that you as a parent, lead them to hell. You, you can't do that. I call it, I call it unsanctified grace. It's a grace that really doesn't exist. It, it, it's, it's a grace with no boundaries. It's a grace to, hey, live your life any way that you want to live it. That's not how God treats me. The Bible says he disciplines those he loves. And so I want to encourage you tonight uh, with some of the things that I'm talking about. These two guys, listen, if you get born again, you know what should come along with being born again is a transformation. Nobody in this room should be born again and then you stay the hell in you, you were. Being born again is that you're a new person. You, you, you're, you're being changed. You go from glory to glory. You become like, more like Jesus Christ. That's for all ages. I don't care if you're a parent or not. These two guys were completely disrespectful. They dishonored the sacrifices of God. They did not know God, nor did they fear God. Listen to 1 Samuel 2.17. Therefore, the sin of the young men were very great, before the Lord. When God says that your sin is very great, you need to wake up. And the men abhorred, listen to that, abhorred the offering of the Lord. That, that abhorred has to do with blasphemy. These, these two guys are like blasphemous. There's a lot to be said about abhorred, but man, I, I, you, can, you can get a feel about these two sons of a priest. And it goes on to say, 1 Samuel 2, through 24, it says, Now Eli was very old, and he heard everything his sons did in all of Israel, and how they lay with women 
who assembled at the, at the door of the tabernacle of the meetings. So he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings with all the people. Know my sons, for it is not good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. They wasn't just sinning, but they were impacting others, a priest and their sons who dealt with the sacrifices of God was causing other people to sin. What did Eli do? I see Eli, he came with words only. That's all he did. He just spoke to them. He, he, he didn't stop them. Man, if my kids are doing that, we're we going to fight it out. They're they going to stop. All he did was this right here. Parents, it's got to be more. Look, 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 parents. You can't just do this right here. It's not just a bunch of words. Words are good, yeah, but you got to have some correction behind it. He didn't correct them. He didn't discipline, discipline them, and he didn't stop them. It was just words. Now, I'm a Bible preacher teacher. If you don't know that, I'll just let you know. I'm not a cultural pansy, fearful bowing to the world culture man. Uh, I, I'm not concerned if I get on 20, 20 or 60 minutes or local news. I don't care what the local child psychologist's opinion is at all. If you are, I really don't care. Please, for the sake and the love of your child, discipline your kid. Selah. Let's just think about that for a while. You can walk out. I don't care. You can do whatever you want to do. You need to discipline your child. J.O., I don't believe in disciplining my child. You are an unbiblical parent and borderline ungodly. Where did you get your instruction from? Just tell me. Let's have a discussion because this generation is going to hell in a handbasket and what you're doing is not working. But if we do what the Bible says, I promise it works. Proverbs 29, 17, and a lot of other, here's just one. Correct your son, and he will give you rest. Not freaking drive you crazy. Not keep you worried all night. Not keep you wondering if he's dead, in jail, or killing someone, not, not, not wondering if he's, uh, you know, bisexual, homosexual, not any of those things. Yes, he will be a delight to your soul. Ask my kids about a kitchen spoon. That's all you got to ask them. I, Sometimes I get a little pushback, three licks or one, or one. 
I get, I feel like I get pushback when I talk about these things and I, 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 I'm going to push back because why could I push back? Cause I have the Bible push back. I have God on my side and you can look around to see what's going on in our culture right now to say everything that the world is saying and doing is not working parents. So you got to put the ing in the parenting. You're born, hey, when you have a baby, you're a parent. But it's, it's more than a being a parent. You have to be parenting. So it's amazing that Eli gets two prophecies. Two, I mean, if a prophet comes to you, you're going to wake up. This brother gets two prophecies from two prophets. Listen to the prophecy. 1 Samuel 2.29. Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I've commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me? If you're a parent, Jesus has to stay your first love. The way you, he stays your first love is doing what he commands you to do. It goes on to say, and honor your sons more than me to make yourselves fat. And Eli was a big dude. You are, you are to, this brother was fat physically. He was so big that I don't think he could see out of his eyes. And whenever he died, he fell backwards and broke his neck. So there was something that was going on here that was really unhealthy with Eli and his sons. And I'm not here to pick on anyone. That's not my, that's not my, uh, uh, that's not my heart. My heart is, is that there's some things that's very unhealthy about this situation. That's God's calling them on the carpet. You make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Prophecy number one. Prophecy number two is actually Samuel who was raised under Eli. Samuel, little guy, Samuel's first prophecy was to the dude that was raising him. The first prophecy was to Eli. Listen to the prophecy. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day, I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house. Had everything to do with his boys. From the beginning to the end, for I have told him, for I have told him. I told that dude. I told that priest. I told that parent. For I told him that I will judge his house forever for the inequity which he knows. Everyone say he knows. It ain't like God's trying to do something tricky. I told him, and he knows, because his sons make themselves vile. Who's responsible for the boys? Sounds like there's a lot of responsibility on the daddy. How many of you agree? Three of you, four of you? Okay, whatever. Because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. Yeah, that's right. 
Man, my kid's doing that. I'm going to put a stinking rope around them. They're not going to be doing this crazy stuff. First Samuel 4, 11. Check this out. Also the ark. So all this is taking place. You should read the whole story. Very convicting parents. This is another chapter and it says, also the ark of God was captured. Wow. The, listen, the ark of God captured, not by the Israelites, captured by the Philistines, the presence of God, the power of God captured by pagan uncircumcised people. You following me? And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. Not before Israel was defeated two times because of their sin. They're defeated twice. Ark is captured. Israel's like, God, what's going on? They're defeated twice. The two sons die, and then Eli dies. Can y'all see the, the power of parenting? The importance of parenting? The importance of disciplining your kids? If you ever walk out of here and say, Jail told me to beat my kids, I'm just going to say he's a, he's a stone-cold liar. Hey, he told me to discipline my kid. Yes. But you need to know your kids when it comes to discipline. I had to look at Seth, and that was discipline, but I had to get the spoon out for Jamie. That was her discipline. Can you see that what the world's doing right now with the kids is not working? Have you even thought about that in the area of discipline? I want to land this plane tonight with some big do's and some big don'ts. I'm 33 years married, 58 years old. I have a son who's 31, a daughter's 29, and four grandkids. You've pastored many, 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 many young people. I was talking to one today living in New Orleans, like a son in the Lord. And so I'm not saying I got all of it together. I don't. Zero. I'm still always learning. But I will tell you some of the bigs and some of the do's and don'ts that I feel like I've learned when it comes to parenting. And you can apply this to relationships. Here we go. Everyone say, do. Do seek God first. Oh, jail, that's no brainer. Well, don't tell everybody in the church to pray for your kids unless you've prayed for them and you fasted for them. 
All of a sudden, you're just spreading rumors about your kid. When have you fasted for them for days or three days or for a week? And when have you prayed for them? When have you sought God on behalf of your kid other than getting on the prayer line and telling everybody in their else, their mom to pray for them? When have you prayed for them? And when have you fasted for your children? Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God on behalf of your kids. Don't neglect seeking God on behalf of your kids. First of all, what book are you going to turn to? What parenting? Hey, I got to get a parenting book. You have the parent's book. Seek it. Don't skip all those scriptures and Proverbs that's telling you how to deal with your kids. The Bible is full of instruction on how to deal with your kids and people in general. It's a, it's a book on relationships. You feeling me? So number one, do seek God first. Number two, do bless your kids. How do you bless your kids? I'm going to tell you how to spell love, L-O-V-E. Here, here's how you spell love, T-I-M-E. This is how you spell bless. T-I-M-E. Time with your kids. If you don't have time with your kids, you're going to have no relationship with them. I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how prophetic you are. I don't care if you have every gift in the Bible. If you don't spend time with your kids, your kids are going to suffer. You want to bless your kids? Spend time with your kids. Lawrence Collins said, children don't say, hey, I had a hard day. When can we talk? They say, will you play with me? I'm going to just take breaks in the midst of these. We need to get some of this. Something's got to change with our kids. Do bless them with gifts. You don't have to spoil them rotten, but you can get all kinds of fun gifts for your kids without spoiling them rotten. Do bless them by giving them your heart. Let them get in your heart and you give them your heart. Bless them. Here's another big do. Do repent quickly. What do you mean by that, J.O.? You ever seen someone you call on the carpet, they struggle to own it? All of a sudden they're turning colors and their neck is patchy. And it's like, hey, I know you need to own this, but you ain't owning this right now. And they're getting all nervous and getting all jittery. Parents, you just need to own it when you're wrong. Own it. They're watching everything that you do. Own it. You're going to make mistakes all the time. On your best day, you're a human dirtbag. Your best day. You call me a dirt bag? Well, yeah, you're a dirt bag. You're dirt. And he blew air into you. You're a dirt bag. You're a human dirt bag. That's what you are. That's, that's your best day. On your best day. So you should repent quickly. Hey, your kids know that you don't got it all together. They know that you ain't perfect. And you need to make sure that they learn how to repent by you. Own it. Say that with me. Own it. Here's another big do. Do be an example. You're a living illustration for your kids. 
Your child watches everything that you do. They watch how you work, your work ethic. They watch how you eat, how you go to the bathroom. They do life, everything you can think of. They, how you treat your spouse, how you treat friends, what you say on the phone. Let them catch you seeking God. Let them catch you kissing your spouse a lot. Let them see you attending church. If you think that catching a football, basketball, baseball, or kicking a soccer ball is more important than church, a ball will never get them into heaven. It's not going to get them into heaven. You need to instill church in your kid. Seth came home one time, wasn't with us. He was a little bitty dude. And he said, damn it, little bitty guy. I was like, wait, hold up. That wasn't, he didn't learn that from his parents. He, He learned that from somewhere else. Why? Because he was with someone else. And that someone else said something, and probably even more than that. They learn, they're sponges. Here's a big don't. Don't be religious. And I'm going to explain that. I'm going to explain that because I talk to people, and they're very, very religious to me. They got the the verbiage down. Verbage, brother, you, 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 know, you know how to talk the talk. But if you really want to confuse your kids, just be religious on them. Explain that to me, J.O. This is what I mean by religious. Let, let me explain this. I, I think it's the most worst confusing sin out there for your kids. Putting on a show. Being two-faced being a hypocrite, being one way at church, another way Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day. They, they go, wait, who, who, who's my mom? Who's my dad? They doing this at church. They doing this at home. They doing this Friday night. They doing this Sunday morning. I'm confused. Your kids will get hardened and you will drive them away from Christianity because that is not Jesus. Don't be legal. One, one close to it, like double first cousins. Don't be legalistic. Is it better to be righteous? Is it better to be Self-righteous or unrighteous? <laughs> That's a trap. That's a trick question. I was just waiting for someone to say something. It's a trap. What do you mean by don't be legalistic? We allow kids, we allowed our kids to make mistakes. They made mistakes. We try not to be controlled freaks over our kids. We try to coach them, teach them boundaries, but not control them. They, we knew they were going to make mistakes. We didn't want, really want them to, but they do because you do. 
do, do your best to steer them from legalism. Let me tell you what legalism breeds. Go ahead and be a legalist, and you'll breed rebellion in the heart of your kids. Right now. Sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's like a legalistic spirit and a legalistic attitude and a legalistic tone. Are you feeling me? You need to hear this, parents. You need to hear this. It breeds rebellion. It breeds evil. It breeds wickedness. It breeds, they'll, they'll do what you really don't want them to do. I had a mother call me one time. I wasn't even youth pastoring in that city any longer. Their oldest daughter, at first I thought was kidnapped, but it wasn't. She ran off with a fair, fairground roadie. And so she's, here she is, an incredible family with about 22 kids, just kidding. But they had a lot of kids. She was the oldest, and now she's buck crazy wild. I said buck crazy wild. Let's get our, let's get our language right. If it was butt crazy, I don't know what that is, but I tried to say buck crazy. People correcting me, looking at me weird on the front row. And she ran off with this dude. And I'm trying to talk to her on the phone, having a real conversation with her. Like, hey, you need to let off of your kids a little bit. As a youth pastor, I never tried to parent. We came to support the parents. So at the end of the day, Tina, you're the parent. What you do is we're going to support. May not agree with it, but we'll support. She's like, jail, we need to be more controlling and more safe and more. And I'm like, sweetheart, you didn't get it with the first kid. And I'm wasting my breath right now. Don't breed legalism inside of your kids. Are you following me? Do. Do love them. Everyone say love. Love is spelled attentive time. Jail, you already said that. I'm reminding you. Get rid of your, listen, stupid smartphone. Stupid smart. Here we go. Stupid smart. Stupid smartphone. And spend time with your kids. If you stay in the church after this message, praise God. You must love me. And I'm fine with it. But I get sick and tired of our generation and kids. Parents need to know. I'm going to give you the, the best advice that I have. Attentive time. Get rid of your stupid. I like those two words together. Stupid smart. Stupid smartphone aside. Love the out of them. Whatever that is, love it out of them. I don't, every kid has something in them. Whatever it is, if it's an addiction, love it out of them. Whatever it is, love it out of them. Spend time with them. Here's another one. Do watch who, uh, who your kid's friends are. My daughter would go somewhere and come back with an attitude. It's like, girl, you ain't never going to that girl's house ever, ever, never again. Never. I would be like, where's my daughter? Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. 
Stand in the way of sinners seated in the seat of the scornful. You follow that? You got to watch who your kids are with all the time. Do watch their friends. Do help them choose their friends. Do, here's another big do, do love the Lord your God with all your heart. Here's another big do, do teach God's word to your children. I used to tell all kinds of crazy stories to my kids, trying to get the word of God in them. Listen to what Deuteronomy says, 11, 18 through 19. Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart, and in your soul, and bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them who sat in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Almost like the washing of the water of the word over your spouse. Deuteronomy 5, 29. Oh, that they may... Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep my commandments, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Here we go. Don't. Here's a big don't. Don't be a jerk. I always had to work on this. I'm pretty intense and I can, I can get, I can get whew, short real quick and I had to, I still work on this. Ephesians 6, 4, you and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Do, here's a big do, do protect them. Instill in them that you are, listen to me real good, listen to me real good, that you are for them. That you have their back. That you're not going to leave them. Everyone say covenant. Worship team, say covenant with me. Say it with me, covenant. What What does that mean? You got a covenant with your kids. It means that I might do without, but I'm going to make sure that you are doing with. If we have a pack of beans in the house, I'm going to give it to my kids first. Covenant with my kids. Covenant with my grandkids. I don't care if my kids are 13, 18, 21, or 31. They're still my kids. They're my babies and my grandkids forever and ever. And I have a covenant with my kids. I want them to know that they're protected by dad and mom. Here's a big dude. Do speak the truth in love. It's complicated when my daughter was in seventh grade and she had an attitude every morning. But Radine would say, don't let her push you away. And I would not let her push you away. And now she's like one of the greatest leaders I know. It was complicated when my kids didn't serve God the way that I thought they should or worship God the way that I thought that they should. That was complicated. But you just love them. Don't let them push you away. Come on, somebody. It's complicated. Somebody say it's complicated. But constantly speaking the truth in love. What is speaking the truth in love? Speaking the truth without a terrible attitude. Everyone say, this is a big one. I'm almost done. A couple more. You got time for two more? You got time for two more? Do fight for your kids. No, no, no. That was just pathetic. Do fight for your kids. 
Do fight for your kids. Parenting is fighting. Your kids need to know that you would fight for them, that you would die for them. Seth was in a spelling bee, and he was about this tall in elementary, and he's a very smart kid, still is, Kuma, kuma Sumlato, all those different things, man, college, high school, all, just all those, just, just, I can say that about my kid. He's smart. Here he is in the spelling bee, and he misspelled a word. He's a little dude. Probably, I can't even spell that word. He's a little dude. And he started getting emotional because he misspelled the word. And the teacher slash principal grabbed him by the arm because he was emotional. Let me teach you a new Greek word. (laughs) Oh, hell no. New Greek. You don't spit in the wind. You don't take the mask off the Long Rangers and you don't grab Raiding K. Owens's son or daughter by the arm. And my wife went total mama bear body slam. She got right up in the grill of that principal teacher and made it very clear. Don't you ever grab my child again. And it was clear and it was plain and she never grabbed my child again. They need to know that you will fight for them. If you don't got a fight in you, at least get a fight for your kids. Nehemiah 4.14 and they looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Fight. Tell your neighbor right now, fight. Fight for your kids. If you tend to be a little bit of weak dude, come on, arise up and fight for your, be a man. My last one, don't despise. Big don't, don't despise. Don't despise because they're youth. Timothy 4.12, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in word and conduct in love and spirit, faith and impurity. That, that despise means to think against your kid, to disesteem them, to despise them, to contend with them, disdain them. Think little or nothing of. Don't, listen to me good, don't despise your kid.